Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear will inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. Well, uh, you know, last week, Dr. G was talking um, about this is Christmas. And, and in, in what she was sharing, um, she was highlighting that, that there are some differences between uh, men, women, decorations, and on and on. And um, it's been... Um, I don't know if it's a fact, but men are considered to be bad at gift wrapping. I don't know if it's a fact. I don't know if it's true. I know that I am a master rapper. It's what I do. I am a master rapper. However, uh, I want to talk about three men that gave gifts that can teach us what gift giving is all about and what gift or gifts we are to give our Savior Jesus. The point of Christmas is for us all to pause and reflect on the birth and coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus. That's what the point of Christmas is all about. No, Jesus wasn't born December 25th as a country here in the U- uh, U.S. And in many parts, we simply set aside this date to say happy birthday, Jesus. That's what Christmas is all about. Saying happy birthday, Jesus. That's what it's all about. Now, last week when we heard from Dr. G as she was kicking off the season um, with this Christmas, in her message, Dr. G uh, did a great job and she went into all of the intricate expectations of Christmas. And this morning, as we inch closer to the big day, to Christmas, who's ready? Who's ready? Ready? All right. I, hey, listen. Everybody does it different. I get it. I get it. Becky, Becky was ready in September. So uh, that's how she does it. But this morning, I, I want to focus on what gift we ought to bring to the one we are celebrating in a message called, What's My Gift to Jesus? That's what we're calling the message today. What's my gift to To Jesus. I want you to ask yourselves right there where you are, what's my gift to Jesus? You know, it always makes me laugh at how we celebrate the birthday for Jesus by giving each other gifts in honor of the birthday boy. That's kind of funny. Can you imagine having a surprise party for yourself? And everyone is going to show up to your birthday to give each other gifts and not you. Think about that. Hey, that's what we do for Christmas. Everybody gives a gift to each other except for the birthday boy, Jesus. When my kids were small, Becky and I would uh, surprise our children with gifts. Um, and, and most of the times we thought they liked the gifts we were giving them. Uh, you know, sometimes we, we did great. Other times, you know, there were budget restrictions. <laughs> sometimes uh, they weren't so great. Then as I grew and the kids grew with us, they all started to learn who and where 
and who the people behind the gift giving were. So they started to now get a little more inquisitive about the reality of where are these gifts coming from? They didn't know for a time. And um, hey, you know, we wanted to keep their imagination healthy and it was okay. But then Toys R Us, anybody remember Toys R Us? Yes. Anybody remember Toys R Us for the, the, the millennials and, and Gen Z? Toys R Us is like the toy department at Amazon. That's, that's, that's what it is. But it was just, Toys R Us would send out a huge toy catalog. Anybody remember that catalog? Real thick, huge catalog in the mail. And what we would tell the kiddos were, it was to circle one or three, one to three gifts, all right? You can circle three gifts. And depending on the budget, you may get one or you may get all three. And um, this would happen year after year. And um, when, when, we were, when we were watching our kids grow, it surprised us at how dedicated they were to filling out that whole catalog. They were just... You know, and we said, we only said three. I know, but just in case, <laughs> just in case. See, when you give a gift, there are times that the recipients of the said gift don't know what they're going to get. And then there are times when you have an idea of what you're going to be getting based on things like a Pollyanna. I don't know who does that. Uh, maybe a list that was compiled in a work pool. I don't know if uh, people that have uh, that happening at work and a family uh, secret Santa. I don't know who does that as well. We all know now that Dr. G don't like it. Uh, she, oh, you do. You do like it. Yeah, you bougie. I learned that about you last week. And as I said before, there are gifts that can be great. How many know that there are times that there are some gifts that, man, just suck, right? Like, man, you got me this. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. Anybody ever gotten a, a gift that you just don't like? Yes. Let's, be, let's be honest, because if you're not honest, you could die in church. <laughs> so you ever got a gift that you're like, oh, what the heck is this? So there are, there are gifts that we really, really want. That really bring us a lot of joy, primarily because it takes the guessing out of the equation and goes right to, this is exactly what I wanted. And then there are times where you get those gifts that you go, what is this? Many times in our gift giving, we bring something that we want to give. And not necessarily is that a bad thing, but you're simply risking the chance of giving something of Little to no value for the recipient of the gift. And uh, I mean that, what's the point of giving a gift to someone if it's not going to bring joy to the recipient? Who's following me? Are you sure? Are you sure? All right, fellas, this is why it matters to pay attention to the details. Pay attention because it matters. Wives, does it matter? Yes. The details matter. Yes. All right. In our Western, Western culture, we tend to inform people of what we'd like to receive. 
And this helps weed out and receive from receiving a bunch of items that we have no use for. But in many places around the world, they are simply grateful for anything that's received. Uh, David was sharing with me that he got pencils and erasers for, for Christmas. And he was excited about that. Pencils, erasers, paper, shoelaces. As Becky and I got older, gift giving changed. As Becky and I got older, our kids got older, and when they became adults, now the shoe is in the other foot. We are now in a season as empty nesters where we receive gifts from our adult kids. And we are now coming to a conclusion that there are many, many times where we too wish there was a catalog for us. <laughs> My son Adrian, is, he's not here. He's in Florida with Jess and they're ministering in another church. And, but Adrian is notorious for giving us gifts that made me go, huh? Huh? He's notorious for that. Uh, he, he'll give you a car battery, glow-in-the-dark shoelaces, <laughs> subscription to uh, a steam train magazine, stuff that I don't... But that's... Adrian. <laughs> but one year, Adrian and Jess got me a set of kitchen knives. And uh, uh, the kitchen... It was a set of kitchen knives, and it had a... Uh, a thermometer for for meat and cook and and the pasta and stuff because I I've learned the love to cook I had to learn the love to cook and um, of all the gifts that Adrian has gotten me not that not that you know none of the other gifts uh, didn't matter to me but of all of the gifts when I'm in the kitchen and I'm gonna go cut some veggies or I'm gonna go cut the meat uh, I'm gonna prepare a meal. Um, these are my go-to knives, are the knives that he got me. And almost immediately, as I touch these knives, I automatically think of my son. Now, it's not that I didn't value the other gifts that he had given me throughout the years, but the gifts that I use frequently attach me in many ways to the giver of the gifts. Alexis, my daughter, gifted me a light and a phone stand two years ago. And when I saw it, at first, I'm thinking, wow, okay. And for the last two years, that is the very stand and the very light that I use every morning for morning prayer. <laughs> so every time I touch the power button, I think of my daughter, Alexis. David, my son-in-law. Uh, bought me uh, two wireless microphones that they too get used every morning for morning prayer. My son Hector bought me these sneakers and I keep reminding him, son, you're doing well. Keep up the good work. <laughs> because every time I use those sneakers, I'm walking and I'm taking steps. I'm like, Lord, keep him blessing him, give him more money, and he can buy me more sneakers. Size 10 and a half. Some high tops. <laughs> and then uh, my son Jose and Rebecca gifted Becky and I, um, I, I kid you not, uh, 
we had an in-ground, we have an in-ground pool at the house. And when we bought the house, it was jacked up. It was just a hole. That's all it was. It was just a big hole. And um, Jose and Rebecca surprised us and they gifted us the liner, the motor and everything. And so, so when Becky and I get to use the, the pool uh, at the house, we think of them. Think of them often. And we pray, God, keep blessing them. Lord, keep blessing them. So I'm making a list. So I, too, am making a list of all of the things. All of the things. And, um, and these kids and their generosity. Parents, teach your kids. Teach your kids. It's going to pay off. I know you're working hard, but continue to teach your kids. Parents, it's going to pay off. It's going to pay. I promise it's going to pay off. You hear me? Amen. Okay, four people believe that. <laughs> now, in the same way, Jesus gifted us a gift that should always compel us to think of him. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9 says that God saved you by his grace when you believed. You can't take credit for this. It is it is, it is a, from who? Your salvation is a gift from God. Yeah. Like Adrian, he didn't gift me something that I had asked for. I didn't ask for those knives. Adrian just got me those knives. It compels me to think about him. Salvation and grace isn't something that any of us asked for. We simply were given this gift by God, and it makes us and it ought to make us think of Him often. So, why do we meet in this assembly on Sundays? We do so to remember the gift. That's why we meet here on Sundays. No, no, I, this is why we meet here on Sundays. To be reminded and be thankful of this gift of salvation and grace. Yes. My question for you today is if you knew what Jesus wanted for Christmas, would you bring him what he wants? Or would you stick to your guns and give him what you want? That's my question. Matthew 2, verses 1 through 11. Dr. G read part of the story. I'm going to read the whole thing. <laughs> Why? Because I took two weeks off. So I, I'm going to get 11 verses. Yep, I'm going to read. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, quickly, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it, as it rose, and we have come to worship him. What did they come to do? Worship. King Herod was deeply disturbed. All right, let me stop here for a second. This is a king they're talking to. They go to the king, and they go, where is the king of the Jew? Somebody talk about burn. The king was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. Quickly, 
He called a meeting of the leading priests and the teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? Uh, in Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. Where, where was he born? Bethlehem. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people, Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. Wink. After this interview, the wise men went their way. And the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. What were they filled with? Joy. Then they entered the house and they saw the child with his mother, Mary. And they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts. That was it? Okay. They gave him gifts. There was another part to that. I'm sorry. Gold. Frankincense and myrrh. All right? Those were the gifts. And um, if we're looking at this scene play out as the origin of what we celebrate in December, the, the men that came to visit the birthday boy, they didn't come to give gifts to Mary. They didn't come to give gifts to Joseph. They didn't come to the birthday party to give each other gifts. They came bearing gifts for the boy, Jesus. Are you following me? Yeah. Now, in this story, we can learn a wealth of information as we start to understand what the celebration in this Christmas season is all about. So a few things we can immediately observe is that the ones that brought these gifts to Jesus were called wise. What were they? Wise. They were wise. These very wise men had a personal encounter with a king in Israel. And there is no mention of these wise men bringing gifts to that king when they met. The next thing that we can observe is that their sole purpose and objective to see the newly born boy was not to bring gifts, but to worship the boy and then give gifts. Many times in our walk as Christians, we think our gifts to Jesus of money and service, deeds and songs and praise are the gifts that we are giving to Jesus. And I'm here to tell you that how, somebody say how, how, how you give of your money and your service and your deeds and your song and your praise themselves are acts of worship. Amen. Thank you, Deanna. The Bible says in verse 11 that they entered the house and they saw the child with his mother, Mary. And what did they do? The Bible says that they bowed and they worshiped him. And then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts. And the first thing that we learn from these wise men is that their eyes weren't on Mary. 
Their eyes weren't on Joseph. Their eyes were on baby Jesus. The men entered the house and they saw the child with his mother. And when they saw the child, they didn't immediately open the treasure chest to give gifts. No, the very first thing they did was to bow down and worship. And then they opened their treasure chests. Are you following me? There was an order. There was an order. There was an order. This bowing down and worshiping speaks of a posture of the heart. Many people think that the gifts that they give are the worship and nothing could be further from the truth. The bowing down is worship. The acknowledgement that you are in the presence of someone who is sovereign is the worship. That is why I'm adamant about arriving on time to church. I like to arrive on time to church. Why? Because I'm not bringing sovereignty into my mediocrity by arriving late. I'm acknowledging in my punctuality that the one that I'm punctual for is a sovereign king. That's why I like to arrive early. Como quiera. How we treat the things of King Jesus is an indication of how we esteem this king. My heart, my posture surrenders completely to the presence of the mighty king. After the wise men bowed and they worshiped, then they gave gifts. And many Christians have gotten things twisted in their worship to Jesus. They, they worship Jesus as if Jesus is still a lamb. They worship Jesus as if he's still a shepherd. They worship him as if he's still a rabbi, a carpenter, a teacher, the son of man, as if he were still nailed to a cross bearing a, a crown of thorn. I'm here to tell you that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the father as a king. Now, Jesus humbly took off his heavenly glory to come from heaven to earth to fulfill his purpose and his mission here on earth. But make no mistakes about it. When Jesus ascended into heaven, he did so to occupy a place on a throne full of glory. Amen. That is our savior. That is our king. Our gatherings are to enter his presence bowing in worship, in reverence to the presence of this king who is sovereign. Sometimes in our Western world's arrogance and our pride, we walk into church as if the king is here for us. You bring your garbage from home and you bring your garbage from work. You bring your garbage from marriage problems and your relationships. You bring it here. You walk in through the doors with attitudes and, and with the stink face and, and all of that stuff. And you bring it here. 
thinking that you're coming here doing Jesus a favor. He is sovereign. He's a mighty king. And that is exactly your offering. That is exactly what you're giving. The sovereign king. Somebody is saying he needed another week off. <laughs> when we walk in through those doors, bowing in humility, bearing gifts from our treasure chest, for the king of kings should be our conduct, should be our behavior. How dare us come into church, into this place, and think that he is here for us. I want to reflect on these gifts in the next few minutes that I have. The Bible says that they, they gifted this king boy gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So first I want us to consider gold. Everybody know what gold is? Gold has always been an expensive gift. In today's current market, the cost of gold is little over $2,050 for just one ounce of gold. Today's market, $2,050 for an ounce of gold. I know some of you are looking at your neighbor trying to say, how can I pull out that tooth? <laughs> but imagine the price of what a pound of gold would be. I would tell you, it would be actually $32,000. And if you don't know what a pound of gold is, it would be the equivalent of a size of a can of soup. That is, that is the equivalent of a pound. Or the weight of a loaf of bread. Think about that, $32,000. It is very easy for us to surmise that the wise men didn't show up with a treasure chest with just an ounce of gold. For this king. Gold then like today was expensive. And usually it was reserved for royalty. Because pretty much they were the only ones that could afford it. Gold was the currency of kings. And so a wise man gifting gold to a king was very fitting. When this wise man gave Jesus gold. He didn't see a boy in a manger surrounded in poverty, surrounded by animals, uh, 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 limited by his social circumstances. No, he gifted Jesus the gift that was appropriate for a king. This wise man was proclaiming, I am in the presence of royalty. His, his gift was proclaiming, Jesus is king. That was one gift. This is why the Apostle John writes in Revelation, as he is writing, he says that on uh, Revelation 19, 16, he says, On his robe at his thigh was written this title, King, come on somebody say it out loud, King, King. of all kings and Lord of all lords. Well, you may be asking yourself, so am I to give God or give Jesus gold? We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. The next wise man gifted the baby Jesus frankincense. Now, frankincense was a very rare and expensive oil. 
what made frankincense so valuable was that it was very rare. It was expensive. It was, it was valuable because it was difficult to cultivate. Outside of its origin, it was hard to find. So, so it was very expensive to import. It's what makes it expensive and rare. Frankincense was a gift that was offered to God. Somebody say God. God. Now, in the Old Testament temple, it was an offering to God. Its fragrance was also mixed with other oils and fragrances that would be burnt, burnt to fill the temple with its fragrance. But it was only offered to God. Let's read Exodus chapter 30. Exodus 30, 34 through 38. Listen to this, guys. These are the details of frankincense and what, what, was, uh, what was its purpose. Then the Lord said to Moses, gather fragrant spices, resin droplets, mo uh, mollusk, shell, uh, and galbanon, and mix these fragrant spices with pure frankincense, weighed out in equal amounts. Using the usual techniques of the incense maker, blend the spices together and sprinkle them with salt to produce a pure and holy incense. Next. Grind some of the mixture into a very fine powder and put it in front of the Ark of the Covenant where I will meet with you in the tabernacle. You must treat this incense as most holy. Never use this formula to make this incense for yourselves. It is reserved for the Lord and you must treat it as holy. Anyone who makes incense like this for personal use will be cut off from the community. These are God's words. If that's not politically correct, you take it up with him. I'm just saying, that is his words. Frankincense was only offered as a gift and an offering, a sacrifice to God. You don't offer frankincense to a prophet. You don't give that to a miracle worker or a mere carpenter. No, frankincense is only given to God. The wise man that was gifting the baby boy frankincense is proclaiming that baby boy is God. So we have learned so far that the baby boy is given gold because gold is given to a Now you are learning that you only give frankincense to God. Colossians chapter 2 verse 9 says, For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. Matthew chapter 1 verse 22, 23. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Man, don't you get Santa Claus all mixed up into what we're doing. So the wise man gifting frankincense to Jesus was proclaiming Jesus 
is God. Finally, the last wise men gave Jesus the gift of myrrh. And myrrh is also used in the Old Testament as an ingredient in the oil that was used to anoint priests to serve God. When a man was anointed to be priests, the oil would set him apart, meaning holy unto God. So this gift of myrrh, the wise men brought, proclaimed that this baby boy, Jesus, is our only high priest. He had come to offer the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. Not only would, would he be set apart as a high priest, making the sacrifice on our behalf, but he would also be the sacrifice. Listen to Hebrews as we begin to wrap things up. Hebrews chapter 7, 24 to 27. Everybody with me so far? Everybody following me? There's going to be a quiz. There's going to be a quiz. There's going to be a quiz. All right. We're going to start the quiz. It's going to start from that side back. So pay attention. But because Jesus lives, Jesus lives forever, his priesthood, continue, therefore he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. He lives to intercede with God on their behalf. Your grandmom is not in heaven praying for you. Your grandmom is not in heaven interceding for you. Stop saying that. That's craziness. It's not even biblical. Stop it. It's not your, gran- it's not your grandpa. It's not your uncle. All right? Stop it. You know who's interceding for you? Priest Jesus. All right. Somebody hesitated to clap to that? All right. Man, it's a rough crowd. All right, here we go. He is the kind of high priest. He is the kind of high priest that we need because he is holy and blameless, unstained by sin. He has been set apart from sinners and has been given the highest place of honor where? Who has the highest place of honor? Who has the highest place of honor? I want to tell you guys, stop freaking out about demons and witches and goblins and Draculas and Frankensteins and if you serve Jesus there is no power higher than the name of Jesus unlike those other high priests he does not need to offer sacrifices every day why? They did this for their own sins first and then for the sins of the people. But Jesus, somebody say, but Jesus. But Jesus. Jesus did this once. once. How many times? Once. Once for all when he offered himself as the sacrifice for the people's sins. How many times did Jesus have to sacrifice? Once. How many times? Once. One time. Let's go. That was it. That was it. Good job, guys. So how does all this translate? And how do we make some frankincense of all of this, right? But then boom. Some of you didn't get that one. (laughs) 
The first gift of gold demonstrates our coming to Jesus as a king. Above all kings, there is none higher. There is none higher. I want to talk to some of you young folks chasing after crystals, chasing after uh, 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 these new movements of spirituality. There is none higher than Jesus, our King. Stop it and stop it now. All right. He, our God is a jealous God. So stop it and stop it now. Crystals and powders and dusts and the energy and the karma and the get your life together and read the Bible. That's right. I said the second gift of frankincense demonstrates our coming to Jesus as as God. Jesus is king. Jesus is God. The last gift of myrrh demonstrates our coming to Jesus as a priest, as our savior. Who do we run to? Jesus. Not a pastor, not the church, not a bishop, not, not the priest. Who do we run to? Jesus. See, the reason Jesus came to earth was to be the sacrifice for our sins. He would be the sacrificial lamb that would take away our sins past, current, and the ones you're going to make. That's our king. What we learn about frankincense is that it had to be burnt to give up its fragrance. But something about myrrh is different. Myrrh had to be beaten. It had to be crushed in order for it to give its fragrance. Before Jesus died on the cross, Jesus is beaten. His body is crushed by those who crucified him. And as I close this morning, my question to you is, what can I bring Jesus as a gift? Well, what gift can I bring a king? What gift can I bring a God? What gift can I bring a savior? Before you answer this, what do we give people that have everything? What do we, what do we give people that have everything? Think about it. Huh? She said socks. Oh, Rick, man, it's a sad day in your household. <laughs> she said socks. Good. Well, on Jesus' list of gifts from us, all would be that we would want him to be our king. That we would want him to be our God. That we would want him to be our savior. Galatians chapter 3 verse 27 says, and all who have been united with Christ in baptism, those that are being baptized, pay attention. They have put on Christ like putting on, like putting on. You are the gift to give Jesus. You are the gift to give Jesus. I, 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 want, you, I want you to think about this. Jesus doesn't want your gold, doesn't need your gold. Jesus doesn't need your frankincense, doesn't want it. Jesus doesn't need your myrrh. 
What does Jesus want from you? He wants you. And what does he want from you? That you can acknowledge him. King, God, and Savior. Stand to your feet. For those that are going to be baptized today, you are essentially being gift-wrapped. As you go under the water, you are going to be unwrapped, and there's going to be a gift that's going to be revealed, a new you. And be sure that that new you is the you you give Jesus, your king, your God, your savior. Did this help anyone today? Are you getting it? Did you understand it? I hope it made a lot of frankincense. I worked hard on that one. You know, all jokes aside, and as we try to find humor in all of this, there are many people that are navigating through depression, anxiety, especially this time of the year. Christmas is not about giving each other gifts and expensive jewelry and perfumes and vacations and experiences. Christmas is about a boy who left heaven to come to earth, giving up all of his glory, all of his glory, to be your God, your King, your Savior. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnotes.org. See you next time.